you know, as much as I loved her dearly, there was never an inclination that this relationship with her was any more. Not only was she just my best friend, she was also a woman and I was very happily married to a man and that seemed ludicrous. And I do believe that the universe serves you up everything you need to heal and grow. And in my pursuit of growth, I think what evolved as I connected more to you know the truth in my heart and released those layers you know the character versions of who I was playing showing up as the good girl who always does the right thing and um, I started to recognize that there was you know this energy there between us. Welcome to the shame game. Shame thrives in secrecy but loses all its power when we bring it to light. This show is all about embracing vulnerability and finding connection through our shared experiences of shame. In each episode, we'll talk with a new guest where we'll dive into their stories and experiences and learn how to break free from shame and love ourselves just that little bit more. So sit back, relax, and let's get ready to play the shame game. Hello beautiful people, this is Eleni and we have an exciting episode today of The Shame Game and today we're going to be talking about the shame of coming out in a marriage and the person that we'll be talking about that is Kate Glancy. Kate Glancy is a sought-after psychologist from Sydney. She has more than 24 years experience in private practice and is a published author of the Amazon number one bestseller book, Drop the Act. Over the last five years, Kate has facilitated holistic wellness programs with her partner with the power of holistic psychology together with shamanic energy has his, has assisted many individuals transform their own lives. And Kate has a very interesting story of her own where she experienced the shame of coming out in a marriage. But first, let's welcome Kate. Welcome to The Shame Game. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. So let's talk about... Um, this story that you've got around shame and where it all started. Can you give us a bit of background first? Absolutely. Um, so I am one of five girls um, and growing up um, I was definitely uh, the good girl of the family. I was the mediator I was the go-to. I was obviously a psychologist in training, you know, from when I was a ripe young age. Um, and, you know, I've realised on reflection how much I adopted that character um, of living in that, um, well, I suppose it, it's like that that protection barrier of always doing the right thing, um, never rocking the boat, definitely not provoking confrontation or attention or, you know, stepping out of line of what the expectations, um, the, the expectations that I believed that, um, that I had. So when I reached about 40, um, I felt this great inner drive, inner calling uh, for, for growth in my life. And I'm not sure I really realised 
what that was going to look like or what that meant or um but I just felt this internal desire and drive um to grow and 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 for more in my life and so um after so many years of working with other people and and their problems and their issues and I think I probably you know it was the first time in my life I really stopped and and took a good hard look at myself um and so with that I guess starting to become aware that like I was teaching other people that I too was playing these characters and I too was um living up to uh you know the the ego rather than living in my truth and living Mm -hmm. in a wholehearted space so as I went along this path of growth um, and at the time, I believed that I was in a beautiful marriage uh, with a wonderful man and um, three beautiful kids and we had an amazing home and, um, and an amazing job and, and I had what looked from the outside to be the perfect life. And mm. as growth shows up in your life, um, you know, the universe delivers you everything that you need in order to heal and grow and push yourself beyond where you're at. And at the time, a lot of the the work that I was doing around um, growth and a lot of this holistic work I was doing with um, uh, my best friend who I'd been best friends with for 20-odd years or more, um, and she's a, a Bowen therapist, shamanic healer. And um, a lot of this work that we were doing with other people running retreats and, you know, holding space for these amazing women mainly um, to really grow, um, we were doing a lot of that work on ourselves and really taking the opportunity to embrace the gifts, um, the challenges, the triggers in our own lives. And so the more growth I guess that I really embraced then what I started to really feel within my own marriage was that um, I guess that that I wanted more um, and the connection that I was discovering within myself was something that I was I, I felt like I was trying to get through through my marriage um, and you know to, to face the well, the first harsh reality that maybe this marriage that I had wholeheartedly signed up for for eternity um, and built my whole world around with my children and my home uh, to to first of all really sit in in the truth that maybe this was not enough for me was mm. probably the first wave of shame, yeah. <laughs> and I you know I really backed away and and hid from that for a while because. Um, you know, facing shame is just a, a horrendous emotion and it, it really, you know, sort of leaves you in a very dark space um, within yourself. Yeah, yeah. So with regards to, you know, facing shame at that point where you're in this marriage where, you know, you had wholeheartedly intended that this would be the rest of your life, you had three children and then you've come to this realization that I'm actually not fulfilled in this space. So initially, I know that, you know, eventually you consolidated all of that, but initially, what did that feel like? Um, 
mind-blowing, like the world was falling down around me. Um, it was, you know, a, a period of time in my life that was quite a dark period. Um, I was still showing up in the world with my bright, bubbly smile and um, showing up for everyone else. But, um, you know, I think the shame that I carried from that realisation that I was settling into um, took me to a really dark place. And, you know, shame is something that we really want to lean away from and to hide from. Um, but the more you the more you hide in it, I think the more you just sink and the more you drown. And I um, and I felt like you know I was drowning in this world, um, unseen by the rest of the world, you know, unheard. Mm. Um, so at this moment in time, when, during this period, you had fallen in love with your best friend. Is that right? Yeah. So it, so just that aspect of it. Was that, did that come as a huge surprise to you? Because did you have any feelings for her previously? No. Look, we've, we had been best friends for 20-odd years um, and I had seen her through numerous relationships, um, through her marriage breakdown, like quite a few years ago now. Um, I think I, you know, had been her number one support through all of the trials and tribulations of her own life. Um, and you know, as much as I loved her dearly, um, there was never an inclination that this relationship with her was any more. Not only was she just my best friend, she was also a woman and I was, you know, very happily married to a man and, and you know, that that seemed ludicrous. Um, but at some point... And I do believe that the universe serves you up everything you need to heal and grow. And in my pursuit of growth, I think what evolved as I connected more to, you know, the truth in my heart and released those layers, um, you know, the character versions of who I was playing, showing up as the good girl who always does the right thing. And um, I started to recognise that there was, you know, this energy there between us and it was foreign to me and I did not understand what was happening. Um, for a long time I thought that, you know, the, the energy between us was just quite a unique friendship and it was a very safe space between us. Um, and, you know, I remember the moment that it changed and it's quite, it's the one moment in my life that um, I would describe as, an absolute out-of-body experience. Mm. I just got shivers when you said that. Mm. So as soon as you said that, my whole body just went all the way down. So just tell me what happened, if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was a moment where literally I, the way I describe it, it felt like the energy of just two stars colliding and it was I just, well, I say my body reached out and kissed her. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. It was my body. <laughs> it really was, you know, the the closest thing I can describe to an out-of-body experience, um, driven by a deep desire that I didn't understand and certainly felt like I had no control over. And 
in the literal moment of that happening, it was like the energy of two stars had just collided. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was intensely powerful in so many ways, uh, amazing and wonderful and heart-opening, yet also shameful and, mm-hmm. you know, mind-blowing and heartbreaking Um of what I had landed, the reality of what I'd landed myself in. I think so many people can relate to that scene that you've just described where, um, you know, you can feel such bliss and such torment and conflict at the same time. Mm. I can certainly relate. (laughs) So um, I think this story is a very common story even though it doesn't feel like it's common when you're going through it and so how long did this period last where you were in this you know you were this wife and mother and also this new situation occurring for you with with your best friend how long did that go for look on reflection I think the um the deterioration of my connection within the marriage probably was happening over the period of about 12 months and Mm -hmm. look I think in reality probably longer but in terms of my awareness um once that moment happened it was like something Mm -hmm. you just can't undo um and I feel like the wheels were set in motion and there was so much of me that didn't want this to be for all the reality that it would bring for the hurt that it would cause so many people, um, including my husband, yeah. who I loved, um, my children, who yeah. my whole world. Um, but I think that the driving force for me was the desire to live in my truth. And so the desire to live in my truth, I think, outweighed the pain of the shame that I was suffering. Yeah, I know that with me, Kate, um, because that that actually happened with, you know, my first husband, um, that there was a period of time where there was a lot of confusion because Mm. I did love him so much and I actually loved somebody else so much too. (laughs) That there was this confusion about like, you know, what, like, but I, but I love two people. <laughs> I love both of them. And yet the society, you know, construct doesn't allow us to be in that kind of situation. And so how did you navigate that period of time? Was that similar for you or was it very clear for you? I, I think once um, that moment had, I felt like there was a part of me that just, I guess, exploded from within and, although it was extremely difficult to navigate on the outside, it was, I think, I had found a truth within myself that I couldn't hide from. And so it was was very, very difficult in terms of everything that it involved and my mind was tormenting me over, you know, the the destruction that this was going to bring. Yeah, that's the the heart, the energy in the heart space. Just it's all I can say is it was bigger than me. Yeah, when you say that word destruction, for me, 
the hardest part was feeling that I was about to destroy my son's world. You know, he was four at the time and I felt like I was about to just smash his world, his secure, safe little world. As as much pain as I was going to cause my husband, for me the, the excruciating pain within me was what I was going to do to my son. Did you relate to that with your children as well? Mm, absolutely. Um, you know, I still have vivid memories of the um, the night that we sat down and told um, my oldest son, who was about 12, I think, 12 or 13 at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think part of the greatest challenge of that is that um, my husband and I had lived, again, on, on the surface, this perfect relationship. And so there was no fighting in the home and there was no mm. arguing and there was no evidence that would allow my son to have either consciously or subconsciously, you know, prepared for this. This, And I was aware of that. I was aware that this would destroy his, you know, total concept of who his mum and dad were and his parents and the relationship and the safe home that he lived in. And, you know, going back to that moment of um, speaking to him and, and telling him, he actually initially thought that I was joking and I think that broke my heart mm-hmm. even more. Um, and I just remember the moment that he, that the light bulb, you know, sort of went on and the connection was made in his mind that I wasn't joking. Um, and, you know, it brings the most difficult emotions. <laughs> you know, I can still feel the emotion going back there now. Of course. Of course. And what about that moment that you actually told your husband had like what happened there and how how was that mm, look i think um it took the greatest amount of strength and courage that i had to muster from somewhere to um you know to to verbalize something that i think on some level mm. that maybe he knew um i think maybe mm-hmm. yeah. he didn't want to know and i recognized that um we had had discussions around um, our relationship, um, but there's obviously just such a finality to voicing the words that I had fallen in love with someone else. Um, and so, you know, I was very aware of how much I was carrying in terms of trying to honour my own truth and live, you know, my life and and follow my journey and my path whilst trying to protect him at the same time, which is obviously something I could not achieve. Um, but it was certainly something that, you know, I was trying to balance at the same time. Um, and I, you know, I have no doubt that it destroyed his concept of, you know, his life, our life at the time as well. It's, um, you know, it's one thing to know that maybe a relationship's not great, but it's another to really cement that in reality when you, uh, you know, voice those words that you've fallen in love with somebody else. And someone that he knew as yeah. well. So that um, moment in time when all of that happened and all those emotions went down, um, you know, one of the things that you talked about was this protecting your um, husband and feeling like you wanted to protect him. 
that I feel it was like a turning point for me because it was like it was a moment when I had to say to myself, I am no longer responsible for his emotions. Like I will do everything I can so that I can facilitate the kindest outcome and in a, in such a loving way, but I'm not responsible for how he reacts. I'm not responsible for his sadness. Like to really, because how long can that go on for where you take on responsibility for your partner's feelings? Did you find there was a point in time where you had to decide that you had to let that go and he had to be responsible for his own emotions? Mm, absolutely. Um I think, you know, that probably took me a period of time after we'd actually separated and I wrote about this in the book where, you know, I accepted that maybe I didn't have the perfect life but I was hell-bent on having the perfect separation. (laughs) Um, Yes. You know, we were going to get along and we were even going to have barbecues together and we were going to because this is going to be great for the kids and, you know, and and really – I I think I recognised that pattern in myself where I was holding that responsibility, which I think in some ways is self-protection in terms of shame. You know, if I can make it better for them, then maybe I'm not such a bad person after all. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know, once this period passed, um, tell me about coming out of that. Oh, coming out, well, that was the next tidal wave. Um, <laughs> coming out of that marriage and, you know, coming into a new relationship that was with a woman who was my best friend. Um, we shared a lot of friends, a big friendship circle, um, and had done over many, many years. Um, and, yeah, I can appreciate that you know, this, the the perception that people had of our marriage was that, you know, we just had this wonderful, great marriage and we'd been referred to as couple goals. And so I can appreciate that it really shattered their, you know, sort of Mm -hmm. view or sense of who we were. And, but the hard thing for me was, um, you know, I think then, uh, the, the loss of a lot of those friendships. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, from the work that I do, I understand that people's triggers are their own and I understand that um, whatever this relationship is that I am now in in my life has really brought something up in these people around me. And as much as I know and I understand that that is, you know, their pain and, and that's there for their growth and, and, you know, such a great gift for them to, you know, dive into, you know, whatever it is that they still hold. At the same time, that was incredibly difficult for me to see the friendship circle of people that had been so close, you know, for so, so many years had, you know, sort of disappeared overnight. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is that there's two things happening here. One is that your mind fully understands why they are holding this judgment. You you fully understand that their their own wounds is actually, you know, facilitating this judgment on you and that they're not able to face that shadow self and that's why 
they've decided not to see you anymore. But on the other hand, even though you understand that completely, you're still feeling all the feeling of rejection Mm. and abandonment from people that you've loved dearly for a long period of time. And then to be confronted with um, basically that you are not unconditionally loved because that's what the, the case is. And unconditional love is something that as a society uh, we think we have for other people and then we actually don't. Mm. And um, even parents who think they hold it for their children, there's something that they expect back. You know, I'm not saying all parents, but um, certainly it's it's a learning curve for all of us. And so you still felt deep hurt that your friends and your closest people, I'm, I'm guessing not all of them, but some of them, um, were then in that position where they turn their back on you. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, it was um, it, it was gut wrenching and um, terribly sad and devastating. And again, you know, the mind understood, but the heart has still had to live through the emotion and um, and you know somehow learn to process process that emotion. Um, and again, it's it's all good and well to know and understand that whilst their pain is theirs, the pain that I'm feeling mm-hmm. from their re- reaction is mine too. Um, and so that was yeah. very powerful for me to sit in that, you know, the the gift of what that was bringing to me, which, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you spoke about unconditional love. Um, you know, I was confronted with these people who I thought and and believed loved me um only to you like question that maybe they don't or obviously they don't if they've turned their back on me um but that is such a powerful reflection for me to sit in myself because that's a reflection of my love for myself and how much I love myself unconditionally um so the the greatest gifts were given to me through these struggles but as a human you still got to do the struggle yeah yeah there's no way around it <laughs> it's like the only way around is in <laughs> absolutely absolutely head first head mm-hmm. first it just reminds yeah. me of a mosh pit where you just got to <laughs> And then you know somehow you're going to survive it. You know, you will survive it, but you have to you have to jump in head first. Oh. Any kind of um, denying what you're feeling or any kind of distraction from what you're feeling is not going to work. You've got to feel all the feels of abandonment, rejection, mm-hmm. humiliation, shame. You've got to feel it, but at some point you've got to let that go. So what happened with you in terms of letting that go and releasing the shame, re- releasing the trauma, releasing the hurt? What happened there? Um, I I think that that's certainly something that it was something that I worked on for a long time. Um, you know, there were certain mm-hmm. people that I lost from my life that, you know, probably didn't represent a huge or significant connection um, but there were certainly a few people mm-hmm. that, um, you know, really the wound cut deep. Um, and that was something that I, 
again, I really had to sit in that and um, learn how to, rather than fighting, you know, that through the ego, defend the ego story to protect the pain. I had to do my best to sit in the pain and, um, you know, be true and real and honest and raw with that pain and, um, you know, as Brene Brown says, vulnerability is the birthplace of love and connection. And, you know, as I was able to embrace the vulnerability around sharing that shame um, with people that were important to me and people, you know, who had embraced me and us in our life, um, you know, new new doors opened um, and, you know, they say yeah. one, one door closes, another one opens. And, you know, maybe another one doesn't open until one closes. Yeah, we've got to allow space. So the space needs to be allowed for those new people to come into your life. And what I found was that I find so many similarities with your story. What I found was that the people that did love me unconditionally, our bond became even stronger. Like we were even more connected because we were – because I knew that these people loved me unconditionally. And so then it was just this powerful force of connection because mm. it was proven. Is that Was that your experience as well, oh, Kate? Absolutely. The, um, you know, the people that really showed up and the people who, um, you know, wanted to embrace all of me, all of us, the good, the bad, the light, the dark and everything in between, the connection with those people just went from strength to strength to strength. And, um, you know, and I think that also allowed me to sit in, in reflection that some of the friendships that I had maintained over such a long period of time survived on, you know, a certain version of me. And as I grew and that version of me no longer showed up, you know, the version that would put everyone else before me, you know, the dynamics of those friendships, of course, were going to change. And, you know, sometimes friendships or relationships don't last when you no longer serve them as you once had. And and that's okay. You know, I believe that that is okay yeah. because you move forward on your journey and honour your own journey that everyone else is absolutely entitled to honour their their journey and their path too. Um, but the amazing connections that have come through the people who've walked alongside me um, of doing these big things, you know, that that connection has strengthened and and I feel that, you know, on some level has inspired some people around me. Um, you know, when people see you not only do hard things but, are so willing to, you know, sort of embrace that vulnerability and share the realness and, um, you know, share a deeper part of you. You offer, you know, such a deeper space to connect, which is beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Could I ask you to do something now for me, Kate? Would you be able to just close your eyes for a moment? And once you've done that, what I'd like you to do is I just want you to travel back in time to that period of time where you were in that situation where you were really experiencing the peak of that shame. And I'd like you to 
speak to that 40-year-old you, 42-year-old you or however old you were, as if she's right there, right in front of you right now. And what would you like to say to her? Hey, you are a beautiful soul and an amazing being. You have kindness at the centre of your being and you love from the deepest space of your heart. Forgive yourself for the things that you believe you've wronged, the people you believe you've wronged, and stand true in the belief that your truth is yours, and to honour that truth and to honour the amazing being that you are with love and compassion and respect as you move forward on the journey that is yours. Mm. I believe there's one more thing she needs to know. It's the feeling I've got. What's the one more thing you need to tell her? I love you unconditionally and always will. Mm. Beautiful. Love that. So whenever you're ready, just come back into this place and this time. Let's take a big breath. Beautiful. And so, you know, with that big situation that happened in your life where lots of people were impacted and I believe that, even though it was a challenge for them at the time, I'm sure you believe this too, that they're all going to grow because of that. They're mm. all going to be, they all have their own soul journey because of that, because they chose you as your mother, as their mother, mm. and um, you were always going to go on this journey. And so what have your, you know, your biggest insights been from that point? from that challenge, from that experience that you want to share with the listeners? My biggest insights. How much I had cooperated with the expectations, the beliefs about who I thought I was meant to be who I thought I needed to be, to be loved and accepted and how much I had tamed myself and kept myself small. And that growth is scary and messy and beyond challenging but ever so 
rewarding and powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's what allows you to grow into the true being of who you really, truly are deep down. Beautiful. For those people, Kate, who are in that situation right now, the ones that are, they know that their soul is 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 following and craving a certain path, but their ego is so scared about the repercussions and so they sort of, you know, don't know what to do and they're in this space of pain, what would you like to say to them? Firstly, oh, I hear you and I see you and I feel you. Um, it's such a normal human experience to feel all the feelings that come along with this. It is not unique to you. It is not unique to any one being. It is common to every human. I remember as I found myself in the middle of the growth journey, so I'd already committed and I was in but I was not yet seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And I remember my ego telling me I couldn't do this, I can't do this, I cannot cope with this, I, I cannot, I cannot, I cannot. And I would bring myself back and centre myself and I would just sit in my desire to live in my truth for however that shows up for today. And trust that wherever that leads me is where I am meant to be. And I think that that's what saved me for a very long time. Beautiful. So beautiful. Oh, your story, Kate. There's so many um, parallels with my own. You know, it's right from the very beginning when you said um, you're one of five, me too. Oh, really? <laughs> I'm the youngest of five and I had this idyllic, perfect, you know, always making the right choices, school, mm -hmm. university, um, you know, husband, mm -hmm. child, property, investment property. <laughs> it was all just mm -hmm. like perfect until it wasn't, yeah. until it wasn't, until the universe decided, hey, no, that's not what you're down here for. You're not down here just to have this idyllic existence. You're here to grow, girl, and the way you're going to grow is go through pain and challenges, and that's exactly what you've been brave enough to talk about today. And I'm so grateful that you came on today to play the shame game to show that this shame that we hold in our body, it's part of the human experience mm. and that we just need to let it go. It doesn't define who you are. It doesn't define you as a person. It's part of your experience. It's part of your growth experience. You can see from the wonderful story of Kate, who has written a book, who, has, who now helps other people who are going through the same experience, that it's part of the human experience. So is there one last thing, Kate, that you'd like to tell our viewers out there and our listeners? You know what? Be bold and brave and show up for yourself. You know, you're the only one that can do it and you will absolutely reap the rewards. And I just hope that listening to today's episode, to your podcast, to every episode, gives you enough courage to just speak your truth and really step into the being that you really are. Beautiful. I love what you said then. No one else can do it. 
no one else can do it except you. Yes. You, nobody else can be brave and bold for you. Sometimes we want them to, yes. <laughs> but they can't. Only you can do it. I love how you said that. That's perfect. And that's so beautiful. And what a beautiful way to finish an amazing podcast. We're going to put all of Kate's details below and a link to her book and a link to all the links in terms of how you can connect in with Kate. So if this episode resonated with you, if you're in Sydney and or elsewhere and um, you would like to connect in with her, please do that. And so for now, thank you so much, Kate, for coming on to this show. Um, I'm so grateful for your courage. I'm so f- grateful for showing up, you know, the light that you are. And by sh- by shining your light, others will be able to shine theirs. So thank you very much, Kate. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for tuning in to The Shame Game. We hope you loved it. And if you did, please subscribe to the podcast. And we would so love it if you also share it with your friends. Until next time, remember, you are not alone in this journey. We're all in this together and we are all worthy of love and belonging. And also... Remember this, you are not your shame.